But anyway, okay. Now I want to I want to talk a little bit. How are we doing on time? Pretty good. Uh, we're all right. Keep going. Okay. Okay. I got something I want to share with you. Okay. It's called the boarding nightmare. Okay. What yep. is the boarding nightmare? Well, I'll tell you what it is. First of all, putting the cat or dog into the car and driving to the boarding place, whether it's an animal hospital or a regular boarding kennel. Okay. If they've been there before and they hadn't had a wonderful, a wonderful experience, which could happen without, without anybody doing anything to them, well, I call it the road to perdition because they're already shaking. <laughs> they're already feeling the threat of being taken away from the family and put into a stainless steel cage, two feet by two feet, that's if you're a cat. And then, or a bigger cage if you're a dog. Yeah. And that, and you're used to the fact that at nighttime, nighttime comes. Yeah. At seven o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever it is, the, the, the place, the, the, the place closes down. Yes. Everybody goes home to watch American Idol. <laughs> so, which I do, religiously. <laughs> but, but, but meanwhile, the, the dog or the cat is left there and at 3 o'clock in the morning, they get the urge to go. Yeah. And they're sitting there and they're barred in like they're in a, you know, in, in a, uh, isolation or solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. They have to do what? They have to eliminate in the cage. Oh. Now, cats are a little bit luckier than dogs because they usually have a litter box. And so the litter, you know, soaks up the urine and yeah. they have smaller, and they have smaller poopies than yeah. dogs do. Yeah. But meanwhile, there's a dog sitting there, and they say, I've got to go to the bathroom. My owner said I can't go. I'm housebroken. Uh-huh. And now you're a bad boy. Why did you do that? Bad, 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 bad. Boo. And, mm-hmm. he, and all through my life, it made me feel that, during my, well, when they were housebreaking him, that yeah. this was not the thing to do. Yeah, I'm not supposed to go. And I'm going to do it. I have to do it. I don't have a choice. I can't cross my legs enough. I have to do it. So they do it. And why do you think? So they do it. Number one, they're, they're, they're stuck with a dirty cage. Yes. Number two, the guilt that goes on. And what comes after guilt comes resentment and anger. And why did you do this to me? Mm-hmm. And all of the stuff that goes along with there are many, many animals yeah. that don't like to be left alone. Oh, yeah. There are many, many animals who have what they call, I guess for lack of a better word, um, anxiety uh, that go that comes with uh, something, uh, anxiety, separation. anxiety. And, yeah, uh, separation, anxiety. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. You know all the things. Yeah. But separation, anxiety. Yeah. And, uh, and, they re- and it's a problem for them. And what happens? They'll start with... Uh, Having a nervous stomach, they'll start with diarrhea, or they won't eat. Yeah. All of these things that go on with separation anxiety. Yeah. And separation anxiety is enough, enough of a trigger to wake up what I told you initially, the sleeping giants. Oh. So they, they're sitting there in this cage, okay. Okay. and they get out there. So finally at 7 o'clock in the morning, the kennel girl shows up. Thank God. And they let them out, and they go to the bathroom, and everybody's happy all day long. They're in, they're out, the bump, the bump, the bump. Uh-huh. But then what happens? Eight o'clock comes again. Yeah. The owner's away for two weeks. Yeah. So from uh, from eight o'clock at night until seven o'clock the next morning, it, that's a long time. Yeah. That's twelve hours. Yeah. They 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 have to hold up. They have to hold in everything. Yeah. 
And I have to tell you something. I worked in. I've had enough animal hospitals and seen enough cages and enough animals to know that yeah. they could produce a lot of stuff in that length of time. Yes. Yeah. So meanwhile, they're in in the care of people they don't know, unless the owner brought along the food, which some people do, by right. the way. Right. They'll cook up the food and they'll bring enough in the pots and everything. They'll say, "Well, this is what he eats," and uh, and that's okay. And that'll be fine. But meanwhile, they're subject to food they've never even seen before. Right. And they don't eat it. Yeah. And so when they don't eat it, no one will have the first thing that I've ever noticed in all the years that I own hospitals. When I boarded, the first thing that would go would happen, you'd start to see them vomit bile. This yellowish saliva yeah. that they threw up in their stomach—that would be yeah. the clue that things are going to go to hell. Yeah. Excuse my friends. I'm off. Sorry. That's okay. So you uh, okay? So anyway, okay. that 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 would be the first. That would be the clue that they would start to throw up yellow bile. Because they weren't eating right anyway, and their stomachs were empty. Yeah. So the point is that once that this thing starts, it it, it gets had it builds and it builds and it builds. And two weeks after they've been home, they start with the GI upset, uh-huh. the vomiting and the diarrhea and all that stuff. And then they end up uh, having to go to an animal hospital. Yeah. Which of course they probably have to, but the, the what I'm uh-huh. trying to say is. So then, then they got to go on drugs, mm-hmm. yeah. and the first thing that we get will be—you uh, can believe it—will be an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which if, all, if you've already got a gut that's upset, that's having trouble, and then you add an antibiotic, yeah, to uh, to get rid of whatever good bacteria are still there, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense, does it? Of course no. it doesn't. No. Then they have it. Good. Then. Then we have the, the 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 dog or the cat or whichever goes into a, uh, a hospital. Probably, let's say we're geriatric. Let's say we're ten years old. Okay. And they go into the hospital. Say they go in for surgery, and they're there for a few days or whatever. And then they go home without any without any really emphasis on what are you going to feed them. Hmm. Nutrition becomes so important when you're post-surgical. You know, you've got to be getting the right, the right kind of nutrients, uh, the, the right number of calories, even if it's a guess. Yeah. You've got to have the, that in order for the healing process to continue in a very satisfactory way. Yeah. And yeah. that, my experience, my experience has been that that is something that is really not addressed. The geriatric patient that goes home post-surgically or even uh, uh, post-internal uh, medicine yeah. without having a, a lecture from somebody who knows how to care for that person, that dog, that kitty cat, in, in, a, in a post-illness type of situation. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it all makes a lot of sense. Yeah. To get, and, and I will tell you something, let me get back to the vaccination thing, if can before okay. I forget it. Okay, you bet. In the vaccinations, I'm all for vaccinating animals when they're babies. Okay. Okay? Okay. There's, there, are those, those are, there are eclectic people who don't, and they'll wait till the disease happens, and then they'll treat the animal, and the animal will get better and produce its own natural immunity. You get that? Yeah. Natural immunity yes. but without, uh, without vaccinations. So that, but that, not everybody's that brave. 
So you, you vaccinate them when they're puppies, or you vaccinate them when they're kittens. And they they probably have a series of vaccines that uh, should be over by the time they're maybe 20 weeks old. Yeah. Well, then, again, up until just very recently, it was every single year. Yeah. The same shots, every single year. Now, I don't know about you, Val, but if I walked into my doctor's office and he said, Well, Arthur, here you are again, and we're going to give you those seven or six or eight uh, vaccines. Mm-hmm. Those, those, most of them are uh, uh, modified live viruses. Yeah. We're going to give that. I said, what, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'd throw the guy through the window. <laughs> they were not going to do that to my body. You're right. And I say, why are you doing it to Fido? Why are you giving him all those vaccines year after year after year? Uh, you're stimulating and you're you're causing problems uh, inadvertently. Inadvertently, people don't do it on purpose. No. Uh, to, to the to the immune system. Yeah. Why are we seeing all of these animals who are who are chewing their feet? One of the things you see so often are these interdigital cysts mm. in between the toes mm. of dogs. You'll see boils. You'll see swellings are kind of shiny, and they're all the re- most of them are a result of allergy. But what happens is they get operated on, they get opened up, and to drain them, and that in itself uh, can lead to some problems like infection. Yeah. But either way, that what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is that uh, uh, this business of vaccinating every year, every year, you get to the point that the animals. Uh, uh, their immune systems are so messed up they can't even they can't even raise up a fight against anything. Yeah, and they right. become incurable. Right. Meanwhile, not to say what's been going on in the rest of. I have a question about vaccines. Why do you think we're over vaccinating? I mean, you you said that originally and a long time ago. We didn't do annual boosters, and we didn't do series all over again every year, and we didn't do any of that. What do you, why do you think we're doing it now, especially with it causing all these problems? Well, I don't want to be uh, overly critical, but I think that uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, economics. Okay. And I know for a fact without fear of being contradicted, that up to a few years ago, 33%, between 30 and 33% of the revenue brought into animal care facilities was generated by vaccinations. Wow. Okay? So that's... That's, uh, that's and, just giving shots. That doesn't count all the treatment of all the things that come from the problems that over-vaccine yeah. causes. So let me tell you this. There are certain people, clients, who are hung up on giving yearly boosters. Yeah. That's the way they're brainwashed. Well, they've been taught that. Well, I say to them, I say to them, okay, take your dog to the doctor and have blood titers done. That is, find out how many antibodies against these various diseases, are floating around in the bloodstream. Okay. We're talking about, basically, we're talking about parvo. We're talking about distemper, those two. Okay. I said, at least check that out 
and, and, and see if your animal has enough antibodies. Okay. That's what they call it. Do it, do it every year if you want to. Spend the money if you want to. Okay. Nine times out of ten, more than that, probably, 999% out of 1,000, mm-hmm. they'll find that they do have enough antibodies. Okay. And they don't have to put them through the shots. Yeah. That's, that's what they can do. That way, uh, that's okay. way if, if they, if they have a feeling that this is the, that they really need the shots, look, don't put, don't, don't aggravate things in your dog's body because you don't know what's going on in there anyway all the time. That's yeah, true. Don't start things. Yeah. Do it tighter. Find out. Yeah. If the tighter isn't uh, up where it's supposed to be, go give a booster if it makes you feel better. Okay. So, the other thing, right, go ahead. The other thing I wanted to talk about was rabies. Okay. Now, rabies is an interesting vaccine. It causes a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble, and a lot of uh, emotional problems. Dogs who, uh, at one point in time, were kind of mellow mm-hmm. will become uh, aggressive. Okay. They don't have rabies. They have the symptoms of rabies. Don't you understand? Wow. It's, oh. not, it's not that the rabies vaccine gives them rabies. It no. doesn't. Okay. But it mimics the disease and its symptoms. Wow, I did never know. Is that something? Okay. Yes. Yep. Wow. So uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying about the the, the idea of uh, oh, they did a study at uh, one of the prestigious universities not too long ago, maybe fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. where they found that the rabies vaccination was good for at least nine years. Okay. Those of us who practice alternative medicine say lifetime of the animal. So you get one shot and then you're done. Through. Okay. Never again. Okay. okay? And okay. we see unusual unusual things. I I had one this may be a delicate subject, but I'm gonna share it. You can always cut it out if you'd like to. <laughs> Uh, and this dog was owned by a, a world-renowned uh, female vocalist okay. who lived in the town where I practiced. Okay. Everybody would recognize her voice, her, her name. Okay. And she had this little poodle whose name was Charlie. Charlie was, he was a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was always uh, interested in, uh, well, I'll use the word masturbation. That's what Charlie did. <laughs> And, he was a yeah, humper. He was, uh, yes, he was the, uh, the prodigal humper. <laughs> and it was driving uh, this woman crazy because it was embarrassing. Okay. So Charlie was brought in to me at the beginning of my homeopathic career. And I recognized the fact that Charlie was having a, uh, a case of vaccinosis. Oh, vaccinosis. Okay. okay. Uh, caused by rabies. So I treated him with a uh, with a remedy that's related to rabies. It's a it's a it's a, a, a what they call a nosode. It's not it's not it's made from the rabid material of dogs, but it's not rabies. Right. It's, it's okay. a you know it's just been, it's manufactured in such a way as uh, that it can stimulate some some uh, protection and at the same time doesn't cause the disease. Well, don't you know? Okay. He got better. Hmm. We treated him with, with rabies no soap called Lysen. Okay. And uh, it just didn't take long, you know, a couple of months. 
and he was all better. Wow. Now, he didn't get better because I gave him steroids. He didn't get better because I gave him Prozac. Yeah. He didn't get better because I gave him antibiotics. Yeah. And he didn't get better because I changed his diet. But he did it. He got better because he got uh, this thing called a no-sode. Well, and because, it worked. Yeah. The symptoms that were causing the um, the behavior were gone. Yes. So he didn't need to do it anymore. Makes sense. So no, are, he was are, done. No, he was done. He 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 probably had uh, he had adequate protection against rabies for sure. Yeah. But yeah. but he had this reaction to the rabies vaccine. Okay. And it pre- it's a modified live virus, and it produces the symptoms of the illness, but without having the illness. Right. That's how vaccines work. Right. Well, that's no, not necessarily so. I'm talking about one specific instance. Oh, oh. Vaccines, as a rule, stimulate the body to produce antibodies to protect against the disease. Okay, and they and they do, they do protect against the disease, and in, in, in many cases, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. But there's enough of uh, reaction yeah. to the. Re- I'll tell you, for instance, uh, animals who who will just all of a sudden in the middle of the night start yelling, mm-hmm. screaming. Mm-hmm. Why? They got a headache. Yeah. Now, however, that's not just a vaccination thing. Believe it or not, you'll see that in cats who have high blood pressure. Oh. Isn't that interesting? You ever think of a cat having high blood pressure? Uh, no. I haven't thought about that recently. Interesting. But yet it, it is. And uh, I have a, a cat right now that I am treating for, for high blood pressure. Okay. Quite elderly. Uh-huh. And, but he's feeling a heck of a lot better. There are medications for that. Anyway, so we go on and on and on, and I will tell you one other thing. Let me just explain something to you. What is homeopathy? Now, most people don't know it. I I didn't know what it was when I started studying it. Right. Homeopathy is a method of treating which goes back several hundreds of years where this brilliant, brilliant doctor, Dr. Samuel Hammond, I think he was our first space alien. That's how bright he was. And uh, what happened was that he recognized the fact that if you took uh, a substance, say like sulfur or silver or lead or whatever, and you you made it into, and you gave it to the, uh, to a patient, a healthy patient, not a sick patient, a healthy person, and you gave it to him like maybe you took some of the material and you dissolved it into a, to an elixir or a tincture, mm-hmm. and you gave it to them, they swallowed it, took it as in a pill form, uh-huh. it would cause all kinds of symptoms. Right. You know, very bad symptoms. Right. However, if you took the same material and you started to dilute it, micro-dilutions, they called it, where you would take one cc of that elixir or one cc of that tincture and put it in 99 cc's of water. Okay. And then a cc of that in 99. And a cc of that in 99. And a cc of that in 99. You could end up with a a dilution of uh, 1 to 2 million. Easy. Uh Okay? Right. And when when you give that micro dilution back to the patient, when the patient walks into your office with the same symptoms that the crude stuff causes, the micro dilution will cure it. Wow. That is... That's energy. That's the energy that is that is taken from within 
the product by diluting it and diluting it and diluting it. Now, that is a very difficult concept for people to grab a hold of. But imagine is this. If you take a, a block of wood and you cut it in half, instead of having four sides, you have eight sides. Then you take that and cut that in half, you now have 16 sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then 32. And then 64. And then 128. And each time you expose the, the, the material to the atmosphere, we'll say, okay. you have elaborated energy. And it's the energy that, that is the thing that works to allow the body to defend itself against the initial problem. So that's what's, that's what's called microdilution. And in homeopathy, the, the, uh, the guiding words are like treats like. Okay. In other words, if I have, say, there was a, a, a person came in to a doctor's office and the person had headaches, they would okay. give them a homeopathic remedy which in its crude state causes headaches. But in its micro-diluted state, the reverse happens. Wow. That's without using drugs. We don't use drugs. However, I'll say this to you. Mm -hmm. I'm not cast in stone. I, I, I can see other people's way of doing things. If an animal comes in and he's in an emergency and he just got slammed by a trailer truck. Yeah. And he's in deep shock. Yeah. I'm going to give him intravenous steroids. I want to give him a blood transfusion. I'm going to do all of that stuff, but, but, I get him over the initial situation, I then give him homeopathic treatment. And the homeopathic treatment will depend upon who this dog is. Now, who is the dog? The dog is when I sit down with the owner, I say, by the way, does he have a temperature preference? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he, he loves it when it's, when it's warm outside. He can't stand the cold. Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You're right. He loves it when it's uh, cold outside. He can't stand the warmth. That is a modality. So that's one thing that sets this this dog aside from maybe the the next dog in the family. And then, uh, then one dog is so afraid of noise and thunder and lightning that he goes underneath the table. He's shivering and he's shaking. He's in the owner's lap. Yeah. And there's another animal in the house who could care less. Yeah. Exactly. So here we have one animal is frightened of noise and frightened of 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 of, of, of firecrackers on July the fourth. They don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That animal will often, often, as long as the rest of the picture fits, you see, mm-hmm. he will very often respond to homeopathic phosphorus. Okay. Very dramatically, and we go and we can go, we can go on and on with. Uh, when we take a look at the fact that animals will come into the hospital or my office and he's got terrible oral health, his gums are bleeding and his mm-hmm. breath smells and this, that, and the other, and then we go ahead and we, he's an older animal, and we do some blood chemistries on him mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. find out that his kidneys aren't working yeah. properly. The, the mouth didn't happen by itself. It's secondary to the fact that the, the urinary, the renal system is ill. Yes. So when just instead of this, instead of giving them antibiotics after antibiotics to take care of the gums, yeah. you do something to take care of the, 
the, the renal the, system. The kidneys, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that fabulous? I love this. Yeah, I and love this. It, it is just, well, I will have to tell you this. Okay. So that's homeopathy, we'll say. Okay. Yeah, and that's in about a, in a very small nutshell. Homeopathy is very intense, very, very intense, and, and no fooling around. You really get to know your patient well, because my first visit with people is usually an hour to an hour and a half. Okay. Of questions. Questions. Okay. And then I have to take those questions and build a, uh, I build a profile of this particular patient. Okay. And that, in that profile lies all kinds of signposts pointing to remedies which work, would work, put to use. And we do it nowadays. Nowadays, we do it with computers. Uh-huh. Okay. We do, it with so- we do it with software. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yep. Okay. So now, that's homeopathy, we'll say. Now, you talk about chiropractic. Chiropractic, as far as I'm concerned, is fantastic. Okay. Because you've got these, uh, these uh, the way the nerves are in the body, on the, on the spinal cord, mm-hmm. the way they come out of the spinal cord and the way they innervate, and they go to the, the different uh, limbs mm-hmm. and uh, organs on the inside. And... Most people are out of whack. Most people are, are not yeah. in, a, in good adjustment. No, how could we be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life you know, and you can uh-huh. get adjusted and you can be out of it in another month or weeks or whatever. Yeah. But by, uh, by aligning the body, by aligning and allowing those, uh, uh, the chemical, uh, the chemical flow, the electrical flow in the body to be uninterrupted. And I can tell you this because I've, I've had some wonderful things happen to me from chiropractic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so chiropractic and homeopathy go together very nicely. Okay. Now, we come to acupuncture. Now, acupuncture has been around for 5,000 years. Yeah. And there are people who criticize it. I see it. I see uh, medical people saying, oh, it's a bunch of baloney. It is not. Mm-hmm. It's for real. These guys who... who really know how to do acupuncture, do a great service. When I was in practice in uh, Florida and my partner, Bob, was a was a very, very good uh, acupuncturist, I've seen German shepherds walk into that office that could barely drag their hind legs in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were going to be put to sleep. Yeah. They didn't have any other... So, my friend, my colleague, treated them. Maybe, usually it would see anywhere between six, seven, eight visits, and they would come walking in just amazing. Wow. Just walking beautifully, and they were going to be killed. Yeah. They were advised to have their animals destroyed because yeah. of this paresis, they call it, this paresis. Right. The hind legs were almost paralyzed. Well, they didn't have any And I animals. saw that happen time and time and time again. Yeah. And people, and people have got the, the gall to say that, that that acupuncture doesn't work. Now, acupuncture is not just acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Acupuncture is also TCM. It's TCM, what does that mean? Traditional Chinese medicine. Yes. Which okay. consists of all these various herbs. You know, herbs like yun and pao that are used for bleeding, we'll okay. say. Okay. Uh, and, and on and on and on. Right. And then, and, and, there, the, uh, then what happens is the, you know, the body has meridians. Meridians of energy and acupuncture and acupuncture points, you know, where they go in with a little needle. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely stimulate. When they know what they do. It's a very, very complicated thing, but they know what they're doing and it works. Chiropr- 
uh, I will tell you that acupuncture in horses is great. You get, so many horses are out of whack. They're lame. Yeah. They're not doing well. And a guy will come in and, and do an adjust a 1200 pound animal. Yeah. And they will have amazing results. Yeah. All of these things. You know, um, there was a guy by the name of Paracelsus. Now, Paracelsus was a doctor who lived, uh, oh, I think he lived in uh, between, you know, 14 and uh, between the, the latter part of the 1400s and the, and the first part of the 1500s. Okay. He was a Swiss gentleman. Paracelsus. Okay. okay. His, his name you would, I can't remember, but he's got a name that would, it's got about 40 letters. <laughs> but anyway, he was brilliant. And he said, he said, the creator of all things has put upon this earth everything that we need to heal and make ourselves well. He said, it's only up to science to figure out how to use it. Now, when he said that, what he was saying was, you don't have to have stuff coming out of a bottle. You don't have to have drugs, in other words. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the natural, the natural things that are out there in the, uh, out there in the, in the woods and in the ground, every place. And in my, in my front yard, I had, I had a bush, which uh, among the Indians, was called the stopping bush. Huh? Wonderful. How did they figure that one out? The stopping bush, if you chewed on the leaves and you had diarrhea, you got better because in the leaves was paragoric. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I had another bush in my, in my uh, yard that was called the toothache bush. The same thing. You chewed on it, the, the uh, irritation, the inflammation in your, in your jaw, your teeth went away. Wow. Of course, it's, and I've often, I often wondered how it is that these native civilizations discovered all of these wonderful things that, yeah. that, uh, that work. Yeah, and that, that aren't drugs. Yeah. And that are just things just growing there. But they did, and there are thousands of them. Yeah. And they're very, very effective. Yeah. So, once again, alternative medicine is so wonderful. Because it's, number one, it's inexpensive. Uh, not, that's probably not number one, but it's part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's also, uh, it, it, it's very, it's gentle as a rule. You know what you're doing. It's gentle. And I had a phone call from a woman today. Just this day. And she called me from, uh, from Florida. Okay. About her, her cat who passed away during the night. Oh. 21 years old. And I'd been, I'd been treating that cat for a while. Mm-hmm. And she had no thought that the cat would ever survive. And the cat did. Mm-hmm. And the cat became a happy pussycat. Mm-hmm. He finally, but with homeopathic medicine, when you've been on it, and that's what you've been treated with, when you, when the end comes, yeah. when your body can no longer sustain itself, right. the passing is very gentle and easy without a lot of suffering. And she said, Dr. Young, and she says, I cannot thank you enough for what you did for Zia. Because she died in the night. The last number of weeks have been very, very nice. She's been purring. She's been yeah. eating. Not the way she used to. Yeah. But she just had, she just went so gently. Wow. And she, she was thrilled. She didn't like 
her kitty cat dying. But as I pointed out to her, nobody lives forever. So at least if you have to go, go and go quietly, go gently. Yes. And that's what home, that's what homeopathy does. The patients do not uh, necessarily suffer. So, Dr. So, Young, how do we find out more about this? What, to find out what we need to know, um, how do we find out more? Well, first of all, it depends upon. It's a very it's a very broad uh, subject, of course. Okay. Yes. However, uh, there are there are books all over the place. Okay. But my first uh, the first book that I uh, ever read on uh, homeopathy was uh, was a book that's out there called uh, let's see. It's by it's a by by a guy by the name of Dana Ullman, U L N A N, and uh, it's basically uh, about just if you if you if you Google homeopathy and Dana Ullman, okay. U L M A N, okay, you will come across his uh, his writing, his one book okay. that I okay. that I read in the very very beginning, okay, and there was one other guy, he's. He's tremendously ta- uh, uh, talented fellow by the name of George Fafulkas, V-I-T-H-O-U-L-K-A-S. He's a Greek gentleman, mm-hmm. George Fafulkas, and he has a book out. Uh, it's, a, it's a basic book on homeopathy, and it's uh, it's easy reading. Okay. In other words, you don't you don't have to be a uh, a scientist to understand. What they're uh, what they're telling you. Well, and I, I would think if anybody if anybody was interested, if they could get, they would either read some of the stuff by mm-hmm. uh, by Dana Ullman mm-hmm. or George Katsoukas. Okay, it would give them an entry, an entree, I should say, okay. into uh, the field of homeopathy. But another thing is this: you know what I've learned? I've learned the greatest thing that's ever happened is googling. <laughs> you can Google. You can it's Google anything. We love Google. Yeah, <laughs> it absolutely is. So, yeah. uh, that, another now, the other book, this book, the Natural Health for Dogs and Cats. I was to say, Doctor Pitcairn's book. Right, Doctor, that's, Pitcairn. that's got a lot of great homeopathy in right. it too. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it uh, does. So there's there's plenty of stuff out there to uh, okay to 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 make it available for you to uh, to, okay. to read and study. Uh, and you don't have to. I say you don't have to be the greatest student in the world. Just Okay. But once you're caught up in it, you're sunk because <laughs> that's what you want. You want you. You got to find more and more and more and more, yeah. don't you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, what you and I have touched upon today yeah. is actually minuscule to what we could keep keep talking about. People say to me, yes. "How long can you talk to us, Doctor?" And I say, three days." <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I we've covered that. some we've we've covered some interesting things today, have we not? We have co- covered wonderful things today, and you know, to me, I would like to go deep into every one of our topics. You know, um, so we've gone through so many things. I think we've given people, uh, our audience, um, information, really important information, and some direction and some hope. Uh, I know I have hope uh, for the animals that are suffering from chronic illness and disease. Now, so so yeah. Proper 
right at the bottom of it all, though, is, is, is proper nutrition. Yeah. And then uh, there's also stress management. Yeah. A lot of animals that I have uh, been brought to me or I've talked to people on the phone about, I even ha- I haven't even had to treat them. I just adjust their diet and adjust their uh, their home life and uh, their you know their, uh, their the foods, the supplements, the vitamins, the minerals, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just adjust it and then I wait, and very often they get better mm-hmm. just because what people don't understand is the body can heal itself. Just don't get in the way, doctor. Yeah. You know, you start oh. throwing all kinds of medicine at them. Every time you use a medicine, there's a possibility they're going to have a price to pay. Yes. Yeah. And there's a thing in in uh, Hahnemann's work. He has a thing way back that that 200 years ago. He had a some of his work said it was dealt with abuse. Now I'm using a a. a, a a 19th century word, abuse of medicaments. Too much, too powerful, too strong, and not even indicated, but mm-hmm. that's what it was. And you have to be mm-hmm. very careful. More is not better in treatment. It just isn't. Yeah. So there you are. Okay. And uh, there was, like I say, there's, there's, there are books out there that... Uh, Dr. Hahnemann wrote, but they're, you know, okay. they're kind of <laughs> difficult to understand. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But there you go. So okay. All I, right. I can only say that anybody who's uh, a little bit interested mm-hmm. uh, in this sort of thing, uh, can, there, there's a world of stuff out there, uh, just a world. But and we, one thing builds upon another. And we just need to know to ask the right questions, and there, there is a world out there. Otherwise, we Absol- don't even know that, that there is something else that we can do. Uh, now, you mm-hmm. have an introduction to homeopathy for animals as a seminar. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I do that. I have a, a okay. fact, uh, a couple of years ago, I was invited by the uh, mid, mid uh, um, it was called the, uh, the, it was the veterinary conference. Okay. Mid-America Veterinary Conference given at, uh, at the Ohio State University, sponsored by the Ohio State Veterinary uh, uh, Board or, or uh, group. And I went there, and, I, and for six hours, seven hours, I taught those people about homeopathy. Wow. Seven hours. Woo, okay. But it was great. And uh, it okay. was just, you know, and I, uh, yeah, it was great. In fact, I, uh, what happened was my two grandsons, my twin grandsons, they are cyber geniuses. Okay. And I bought each one of them a ticket. I flew them down to Stewart, Florida, where I lived, and we did a PowerPoint uh, program okay. for that that program on veterinary on, on veterinary homeopathy. Okay. It was elegant. Okay. So no, I've got I've got uh, all right. I got a lot of stuff written and wow. other things. That even got, I've got CDs that I've had published and okay. Great. I love that. Okay, so how people can find you is through your website? My website is homeopathyanimals.com. Okay, so homeopathyanimals.com. Okay. And, of course, yeah, and that will open up a lot of stuff. 
Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and spell it just in case people miss that. It's www.homeopathyanimals.com. Got Is it. that woman a, uh, a free a free seat at all of the Phillies games? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Young. I'll go any place. If somebody wants to listen okay. to me, and they want to, they want to hire me for a day. I'll come. Okay. No question about it. Well, and I appreciate the work that you've done. The, your journey has been a remarkable one, and I love the work that you're doing to help our animals and ourselves to heal and the planet to heal. Ah, so important. Thank you. Do you have a Do you have a, some kind of a thing that you put out every month? Like a- I do a, a weekly newsletter. Um, I have an animal communication made easy course. I have tips. I have lots of different, also CDs and home study yeah. courses and classes. Uh, so I do a animal lot of- communication. I I use it all the time. Thank you. I'm sure that you do. You would have to, given the nature yeah. of the work. You're listening to energy. You're connecting and you're listening. Oh yeah. You know, you know. Every time somebody wants to put an animal to sleep. Yeah. I uh, I ask them. I said I want you to get in touch with this. This uh, Laurie Wolf, okay, who was a well-known animal communicator, okay, and I said I want you to okay it with the animal before you do it. Yeah. And sometimes the the animal says, yeah, "I've had it, I want out," and sometimes yes. they say, "No, I'm not ready to go yet." Yeah, I don't want to go yet. I'm just feeling yeah. bad, or I've, you yeah, know, I just right. need a little exactly. help or something. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the consult types of consultations I do that can be one of the most critical ones because when people rush the decision, you know, they push it, they, they're told that they have to put their animal down, they don't have any choice for whatever reason, you know, they're sick or something. But if the animal is not on board with that, then what I find is that people regret that and they feel guilt for a very, very long time. They feel yes, kind they of do. haunted. They feel haunted by it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, so it, it's a very critical decision to make, and not one to make lightly without your animal's input, because it is in fact their life. Yep. Right. Can I? Uh, can I read you something? Yes, please. Would you mind? Okay. I want to read to you this poem that I wrote in March the nineteenth, nineteen ninety-three. Okay. It was in memory of Ginger. Okay. And it's called Love from My Dog. <clears throat> and it goes like this. I hope I can get through it. Most of the time I choke up. Okay. There's a need in all of us, I guess, to share a life with someone who always says yes. Never know. Certainly not maybe. Now that's where my dog comes in, loving me for me, adoration personified. I'll go where you go, you know. Just try me. How about a ride to the store or even the shore? A walk to the sea, just you and me, master of mine. It's okay with this best friend to be with you whatever the end, to watch and wait near our garden gate, to hear your hoot, to scent your boot with tumultuous joy. Matters not to me your struggle within. For I'll sample your face with languorous tongue, and I'll snuggle at night, and I'll win your side of the bed. My life with you, from puppy romp to gray and slow, will forever be the best. We'll do it all from bone to ball, from sunrise east to moonset west. You know, dear friend, my life, my own, there will come a day when I shall feel goodbye. Don't sigh. 
and our memories shall endure. God, what a time we will have had. Each day, each night, on evening clear or morning fog, that special, special love we knew between you and me, your dog. Oh. Is that gorgeous? Oh, well, I've got tears in my eyes. Oof. Thank we had a guy, we had a dog. This dog named Ginger was yeah, put down one afternoon, oh. and the owner came back to the office that night, out in the parking lot, riding his bicycle, mm-hmm. crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wrote that for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh? oh boy, our animals get so close to our hearts, and they're so near and dear to they us. Do. They, yeah. do. they do, they do, they do, they do. Do you know that the first lecture that I ever gave? In the field of homeopathy was in San Antonio. Really? It was a it was a, a lecture on homeopathy in exotic animals. Oh yeah, snakes, iguanas, birds. That was my first thing. Uh, and now, is yep. it different with exotic animals than with like cats, dogs, or horses or people? They is do better. Principle? They do better. They're very sensitive. Yeah, yeah they're very sensitive mm-hmm. to homeopathic medicine beautifully okay. because they've never been vaccinated. Okay. They've never been loaded up on antibiotics and steroids. Right. And as a result, we got a, we have a pure body to wow. work with. Okay. That and makes you know, a lot of sense. Uh, uh, nothing. There's nothing like a snake. I always say, you <laughs> put him in, you put him in a room, and you go back a month later, he's the same as he was <laughs> when he first put him in. There. He hasn't moved a muscle. <laughs> it's what is known as apathy. <laughs> <laughs> the masters of apathy. Yeah, oh, oh God, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Oh, yeah. Oh God. All right. Well, we need to let's close it off here. Um, yep, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so yep. much. What is, what is your what? What do you have a mailing address or something? Yes. Um, I will give that to you. How about I email it? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yes. Thank Very you good. So much. Can't, okay. I can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to share with you. I mean, it was a gift you gave me. Thank you. And. Uh, I won't forget it. Thank you. And thank you, too, for your love of animals and for your remarkable journey and how much you've helped so many. Well, you know, uh, life is like a a pebble in a pond. You throw in a pebble and the ripples go all the way to the other side. Yes, yes. Ah, thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right, thank you. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. Mm